So my thought would be that we would um, turn on the microphones and we would just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. If there's um, this Google Doc, I thought could just be a running Google Doc that we would, um, if it like, even if we're just if you're alone and you're like, oh, here's a thing we should talk about. I just got asked this at OPD. Yeah, put it as a topic. Um, we we might get through them. We might go through some of them. Whatever, and that we would just talk about celebrancy, which is such a weird word, like celebrancy. Uh, but <laughs> the act of being a celebrant, um, obviously there's lawful things that kind of uh, affect us as celebrants. So, so yeah, obviously um, marriage act uh, and then the, um, the, the Holy Grail passed on down from the AGD office in various forms and then um, yeah, through the guidelines and whatnot. And then uh, also... Um, operational things like the business of being a celebrant, um, yeah, and then and then there's obviously uh, just well, like we obviously go to weddings, so that's a thing. Uh, but yeah, it could just be like a I'm kind of imagining like like a talk show. Cool. So it's not like a hello, my name is Josh Withers, and joining me on today's podcast. It's not like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> if only because that's a hard voice to hold up for an hour or so. It but it'd just be, be literally like this. Like I mean, I, right, actually. If you're listening to this, I, I kind of imagine that what I just did could be the perfect intro. That was that we've we are now like twenty thirty seconds into the podcast. How does that feel? Are <laughs> Sounds you on? Pretty good to me. Yeah. So for the first episode, we got a completely empty topic list, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> but Sarah, how are you doing? I am excellent, Josh. How are you? So good, so good. I, I have a coffee, um, and uh, and I have a podcast that I'm recording with you, and I've actually got um, day three of three days off in a row. Three days in a row? That's know, almost call, unheard of. Call the police. It's probably illegal. Especially in the middle of <laughs> wedding season. I know. I don't, don't worry. I'm, I'm crazy from um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, and actually, you know what? Next week's even more surreal. So for two weeks in a row, I've got so three days off this week, four days off in a row next week. I've got Monday to Thursday off. And even Sunday's technically a day off. I'm just flying back from, from the wood Sundays. That um, is amazing. I actually considered taking Brit away for like a holiday. Um, hey, here's a hot tip for those that just want to go on a holiday in a week's time. Um, way more expensive than wanting to go on a holiday in a year's time. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like we we couldn't have a, like a, a nice like I don't want to go for, like we're not full luxury, but I wanted to have just you know something nice. Like I didn't want to stay at Billa Wheeler. I wanted to kind of go somewhere kind of okayish, and it was somewhere fancy. Yeah, it was going to be upwards of like four or five grand and. And and now I'm, I'm, I don't know. Some people might hear that and think I'm cheap. And I'm like, oh no, I didn't want to throw five grand at a week in a, in a week's time. I kind of wanted to do something else. So, understandably yeah. so. Life's hard. So um so that's that's me. We're uh, actually having a few days off, and uh, yeah, like we are knee deep in wedding season. But I'm also really lucky. I'm one of those um, weird celebrants that, like, yes, I recognise there is a season, but I also don't adhere to it. Like I just work all year round. And to me, that's that happens as well. I haven't had a month this year with less than three weddings, um, which I know is much less than you, but still. Uh, yes, I definitely have a season where I have more weddings in each month, but I work right through. How was the wedding, the Melbourne wedding industry? Like, like uh, people listening to this um, might be familiar with me. They might be like, I've, I've got a kind of like a Queenslandish slash national kind of international kind of weird crowd. That, well, not weird. You guys are lovely. But, you know, follow them. But, um, but Melbourne is like, I, I, I'm in Melbourne a bit. But I, I don't really ever 
like I don't really ever hook my my fangs into it. I just kind of fly in, do a thing, fly out. Um, so like, how's the how's the Melbourne wedding industry? Like, how many how many wedding expos per hour have you guys got, got going on down there at the moment? Well, here's the thing: the wedding industry. Well, the way the weddings work in Melbourne seems to be quite different from what I hear from you guys in Queensland. So our season really runs from September to April all the way through. We don't kind of stop in December and January. And I hear that happens a little bit in Queensland because it's really too hot in those months to even think about getting married. So we run right through from September to April. Uh, We... Obviously, we're running marketing all the way through. So there were 120 wedding expos in Melbourne alone last year. That's not Victoria. That's just Melbourne. And I imagine it's a similar number this year. So it's a funny old beast, the wedding industry down here. It's a funny beast everywhere. I think it's uh, it's worth noting as well, which is uh, why this is such a cool kind of thing to talk about. And particularly from, um, like, I... I I get a bit preachy, I get a bit rancy when I talk about the ceremony because I, uh, you, you know, you and I have talked about this before. That's the reason we're having a podcast about it, that the ceremony kind of has fallen to the wayside in the modern wedding industry, well, not even the, just in the general wedding industry. Um, you know, we get excited about everything else. And, and and I always get worried when I talk to other people in the wedding industry, like I'm not hating on you, like I don't hate dress people, I don't hate DJs, I don't hate food booths, like they're all amazing. Uh, but the, the ceremony is cool and I love dragging it back to that. Absolutely. And I see it down here all the time. There is a major expo that runs two or three times a year, 200 exhibitors, thousands of people walk through the doors. They have masterclasses a few times a day where they get somebody up from a dress designer, someone from a DJ, a band person, an MC, someone from a styling company, everything except a celebrant. And I always think to myself, you guys, we're the only thing that's actually required and you're leaving us out again. So crazy. Let's talk um, Let's talk celebrant stuff. Uh, as we kind of alluded to in the opening few seconds, um, we uh, we plan to have a topic list for, topic list for our other episodes, but this is just number one, just kind of introducing us to the world and what we hope to do and we just want to do a talk show about celebrant stuff. Um, I suppose uh, there's the most pertinent thing in celebrant world this week uh, that I still get messages about every couple of hours is about this whole um, change up in the conflict of interest uh, and benefit to business scenario, which has just been this plague on celebrancy ever since we've been trying to figure out what a marriage celebrant is since 1961. And finally, um, there's been some liberation in the camp, which is like, crazy exciting uh, from your kind of a celebrant trainer point of view like if you're in front of the class what's your what's what's the sarah ed welcome to conflict of interest in 2017 kind of blur what's your preachy thing to me this is exceptionally exciting i think this is the biggest change to the celebrancy program since the cap was lifted in 2008 and we can talk about that another time but this is a massive change for how we can work basically What it means, in previous years, you, as a celebrant, all you could do was be a celebrant. You couldn't be a photographer or a florist or any of those things. If you were a photographer or a florist or any of those things, you couldn't be any of those things for your celebrancy clients. You had to keep the businesses completely separate. And that was to avoid, you know, if you were the celebrant and you found out that there was a duress issue or there was a fraud issue and therefore as the celebrant you would not go through with the wedding, 
if you had another hat on as well and you were potentially making money from another service, would you be prepared to stop the wedding and therefore potentially lose that other service's money? So that's what it was all about. After a big survey of all of the celebrants at the end of last year, which unfortunately very few people responded to, uh, they have finally, and when I say they, I mean the marriage law and celebrant section of the Commonwealth Attorney General's Department, they have finally come out last week with a new set of guidelines and a new report that says, yeah, we've decided you can pretty much do whatever you like because... We know that celebrants are actually professional and they actually know what they're doing and they're adults and they can manage their conflict of interest situations without it being a problem. In the history of the conflict of interest stuff, there's never been a complaint about a celebrant not doing the right thing because of a conflict of interest. The complaints have all been from other celebrants saying, hey, that celebrant over there is designing invitations and selling them to their celebrant clients. That's not fair because I don't get to do that, so you need to tell them off. So all the complaints that the Attorney General's Department has been dealing with have been from other celebrants. It's not a great thing when we have to dob on each other because, you know, Nazi Germany kind of thing. I've... um I'm, I'm hearing all that for the first time. I've never heard of celebrants complaining about other celebrants before, so this is, <laughs> this is shocking news to me. <laughs> shocking to you, I know. I just, I'm appalled. I, I, I and, knew and you also, would be. honestly, a little bit sad that I never got a chance to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so now we can do almost anything. We can be the photographer and the florist and the hairstylist and everything else for our celebrant clients as long as we are prepared to manage those potential conflicts of interest and still uphold our duty to the law uh, for performing marriages. Now, the only things where there are limitations on this are for migration agents because it's actually against the migration agent code of conduct to be a migration agent and a celebrant for the same couple. That's about the migration law rather than the marriage law. The other thing that there's a limitation on is being an employee of a wedding venue. And this is about being an in-house celebrant. So this means that as an owner of a wedding venue, you can do whatever you like. But as an employee, what you would have to do is prove to the Attorney General's Department that you have strategies in place for dealing with a conflict of interest. And what they're concerned about here is that if, as the celebrant, you see a legal issue, but you are working for the wedding venue that is hosting the wedding, your boss, the owner of the wedding venue, might pressure you to go through with the wedding so that the venue doesn't lose the revenue. This is what they're concerned about. And it's kind of understandable. So they want venues and venue employees to be able to put strategies in place to say, this is how we're going to manage it if such a thing does occur. Now, there is a pocket of the celebrant world who is highly concerned about this. They think that venue owners are going to pay for their staff to do the celebrancy qualification and have them as in-house celebrants and encourage all of their couples to use their in-house celebrant and not pay them 
essentially as much as a celebrant as a regular celebrant outside of the of the venue would be. I'm not convinced that that's going to happen. To be honest, sounds like a lot of work for the venue. The celebrancy qualification is not simple. Uh, I sat through one last week. It was five days face to face, and there's six months of paperwork to do. It's a it's a big investment from time and resources. So I'm not convinced that that this is actually going to be a problem, but I think it will be interesting to monitor the landscape and see what does happen. The, um, the fears of, uh, of venues um, doing that, like I'm essentially creating their own celebrants, uh, that's all. That's all talking to the lowest common denominator. That's all talking to. Um, well, that's all combating celebrants that are terrible. So if we're going to have a terrible celebrant, why not just put them on the staff and make them wait tables later as well? Um, it, it's all that 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 lowest conduct common denominator. It's that race to the bottom, um, which I I always get sad seeing that in the wedding wedding industry because by default. The wedding industry is a luxury industry. And so hear me out on this. It's it's not luxury. Well, it can be luxury in terms of you know Gucci and you know the, your your big brands, but more so luxury in the fact that it's it's optional, it's a choice, that it's not the only way to marry. It's simply a wedding. And when I say wedding, I don't mean vows and ceremony. I mean the event that is a wedding. It's it's a luxury. It's it's not the only way to to marry, and it's a very, quite a luxurious way to marry. And there's much, uh, much more economical, much more. Um, there's other ways to marry, and so if you choose to have a wedding, you're choosing to have a luxury item. Uh, and so, um, so with that in mind, the venues that are doing that are not playing to that luxury angle. I want a, a luxury is like such like I can understand people hearing this and getting upset by it because it's, you hear luxury and you think of other things. But it's just it's you you're choosing to create a beautiful, exciting thing. You don't have to. And so so the aspect of celebrants being cheap and being dodgy or no no not dodgy, but just you know, just lowest common denominator, just race to the bottom kind of celebrants that can be replaced by a venue celebrant. That just shouldn't exist. Uh because there's you know, you don't have to have a wedding. You can get married in other ways. And so uh, I'm, I've fell down that rabbit hole, but I wanted to come back to the conflict of interest. Uh, I was I, Honestly, I teared up when I saw that email. Like that email came through. I think I might have seen it first from the AFCC, the um, Australian Federation of Civil Celebrants, and they sent it through. Um, and over the, over the week following, I've eventually seen, seen every other association finally send an email or a Facebook post about it. Uh, but I, uh, I, I just I, honestly, I read it. And I teared up because I thought this is something that um, the Brit and I have been fighting for for so long, where where most celebrants have read the guidelines and the law and just accepted it. Um, that's not really in my nature, and so I pushed back against it. And I'm please hear me out. I'm not taking credit for this because it's not like it's. I'm not the first celebrant. I'm not the first celebrant to push back against it. But in recent years, um, there's you know I've had a lot of conversation with the um, with the uh, the marriage, uh, marriage law and celebrant section of the AGD. Uh, my my lawyer has. Um, I've, I've actually received an official caution, and then I just think it's funny that after all that, they've come out and said, "Yeah, you know what? You big kids, go and uh, go and have some fun, and we could, we've got to trust you because we're trusting you to marry people. Surely we can also trust you to, to uphold a conflict. Well, to uh, be aware of the conflict of interest and um, and avoid it if if it 
comes into uh, play. Now, that's it's really interesting that you say that because I was interested in reading the report that they sent to celebrants or that they uploaded to the website about why they decided to go down this path. And they said, we've also kind of realised that you've already been dealing with conflicts of interest in that a lot of celebrants marry family members or friends or so, or so on and so forth. So that in itself could be a conflict of interest. You might find a legal issue with that marriage and not want to upset your friend. So say, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll go through with it. But we know that celebrants don't do that. We know that celebrants are sensible and they've already been managing that conflict of interest. So, hey, why don't we let you be adults with this other stuff as well? What a beautiful time to be alive. (laughs) I'm always wondering... What's going on with the other with with the other industries in the world? Because the celebrant industry is where I'm so intimately involved. Like it's my day, it's my day to day business. I do talk to other people about their industries, and for example, wedding photographers. I, I I chat to quite a few wedding photographers as personal friends, and I know that there's their own they've got their own things in their industry. But I feel the celebrant industry, particularly in Australia and New Zealand, has has gotten gotten so catty. And I'm actually super proud of the Attorney General's office for saying, you know what, we're going to remove one of the cattiest elements of the industry. And and hopefully those, like if you're listening to this and you have been one of those people and I hope you hear the word term caddy and you get offended, I hope you do get offended. Like I love you. Feel free to call me if you're really that offended. Uh, but I hope that the removal of, of this kind of almost this caddy clause would be an opportunity for us to refocus and just just try and be better because I feel that with any business and please remember that celebrancy um Although it's a civic authority, we operate as a private enterprise, a business, uh, that there's only two directions you can ever be running in. You can be racing to the bottom of the market or racing to the top of the market. And I hope that we're all racing to the top of the market, that while we've all been racing to the bottom, trying to bring each other down, that we might be able to start racing towards the top and just trying to be better and encouraging one another. And that's honestly the part of this podcast. So as much as I said, I hope you're offended. Honestly, I don't hope you're offended. I hope you're having a good day. But we could honestly all, as a community, as an industry, race to the top and just honestly try and out-better one another. Um, like I'm looking forward to the day that, uh, that there's a uh, full-time professional celebrant charging more than me, doing a better job than me. Like that'll be a wake-up call because that'll obviously, I don't know, like I I want that challenge. And I'm looking forward to that because that means that we're all racing up as opposed to the, oh, I'll do a better price than them or I'll undercut them and whatnot. You have literally taken the words out of my mouth. I, I am, as you would know, I'm in many celebrant-focused Facebook groups and this conflict of interest stuff comes up all the time and all the time it's, oh, have you all seen what that person's doing? I think that's a conflict of interest. What do you think? Or anytime something comes up about money that another celebrant doesn't like, they go, conflict of interest, (laughs) when it's got nothing to do with conflict of interest. But it's kind of been a way for, as you say, people to be really catty about each other. And I think this is removing one of the biggest bits of the, I guess it's kind of the competitiveness of our niche of the wedding industry. It's it's taking away that element for people to be looking over their shoulders at what everybody else is doing and going, oh, you're not doing the right thing, I better report you. Because, you know, if if some of these people spend as much time on their own business as they did looking at other people's businesses, 
they might get a surprise at how successful they are. So now that we've removed that, we've removed that excuse for everybody to be looking at everyone else and going, oh, you're not doing the right thing with this conflict of interest stuff. I think that's great. That can only be good for our profession and for our collaborativeness within our profession. As some of us have a little hashtag that we use, which is community over competition. And we firmly believe you and I have spoken about this, Josh. We can't all marry everyone at three o'clock on a Saturday. We can only be at one place at a time. So wouldn't it be nice when we get those inquiries for dates we are already booked to be able to refer those couples to like-minded celebrants who we know are going to do just as good a job as we do and look after those couples in the same way that we would? And the only way that we can know that that happens is if we share and if we share resources and we share knowledge and we talk to each other and find out how other people work and share the way we work, and that just makes this a community. It's just so important. Yeah, I agree. I very, very much agree. I'm sure the conflict of interest thing is going to come up a lot and a lot and a lot over the course of the rest of our life because it's – um I don't like – I. I know for one that many people aren't reading the full document, so they're kind of just messaging me questions and like, hey, here's the link, just read it. I'm, I'm reading just the same read document that you are. Um, but uh, so, uh, so I'm in no way I want to put it to bed, but I, I did want to um, cheer on the Attorney General's office for doing something amazing and intelligent and uh, whatnot with, the, with that element of the industry. And um, Yeah, I have to say I'm actually surprised. I didn't think they were going to be brave enough to do this, and I'm thrilled that they that they have been. Yeah, well, particularly because the OPD issue a few um, – well, not the issue, but the OPD results and their report um, fast after uh, – was it maybe a month or two ago that they came out? Uh, yeah. It was not as bold. No. It very much came out with, yeah, we're just going to keep doing the same thing we've done before. Yeah. And – you, you know, we'll, I suppose we'll uh, we'll save that for uh, for another day. Um, before, like, uh, I, I don't want to prematurely wrap up the show, but uh, I uh, I suppose my thought with this initial one would be um, just introduce ourselves, say hi, um, and I suppose we haven't really done that, so we might do that in a second, just in case on the off chance someone doesn't know who we are, uh, and also um, uh, open up uh, to anyone. Uh, that if if you wanted to input, like for example, if there was a question that you wanted to ask us, and and I think you'll find as we introduce ourselves that we each have uh, a, a certain number of strengths and skills um, that would be really good in a Taken movie. But uh, but yeah, if if, you, if you've got questions that you'd like us to answer or topics you'd like us to address, then yeah, please get in touch. We're um you know, we are who we are. But the the format is this: this would just be a topic show. We'd answer questions, we'd talk about uh, pressing issues and celebrancy um and uh, whatnot. So I might just start by introducing myself. Um, I'm Josh Withers. Uh, my um, celebrant website is marriedbyjosh.com, and uh, and I uh, I've been a celebrant since 2009, May 2009, and um, and so I live in the Gold Coast. I operate uh, around the world. Um, in fact, I wish I had more Gold Coast weddings. It'd be nice to be home a little bit more. Uh, I don't think I think I don't have another Gold Coast wedding until maybe January or February at the current moment. Oh no, I lie. I've got one next next Thursday. Um, the, but yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, it'd be so nice to be home a little bit more. But it's also a blessing to be kind of uh, taken around the globe and and um, taken to crazy, amazing places. So that's really exciting. Uh, I think my my kind of skills. I may actually, and as I say this, I might introduce you and say what I think your skills are. But you might better input on what what, what mine are. I think um, the business side of it, and 
like like we were the techy, nerdy, online, internety systems, um, businessy side of it. Uh, I think is a strength of mine, and I I'm not going to make it like I do the best ceremony because I think best ceremony is such a contextual thing to the couple and to the celebrant presenting it. Um, but I, I've certainly got a unique way of, of creating and presenting a ceremony. And, uh, and that's definitely the best way for me to do it. Um, but I suppose as a bit of a precursor to later episodes, if we ever talk about ceremony presentation, um, the way I do it is the best way for me and for my couples. Uh, but it would probably be hell for most other people because it's not the, you know, the top of the list on how to present a ceremony because I think presenting one is such a personal thing. But that's uh, that's my skill set. I come from a background in radio and nerdiness. And um, Sarah, I think Sarah's, uh, although she possesses many skills, um, uh, obviously the uh, abiding by the law, I don't know, just the knowledge of the guidelines and the law is definitely a big point for you. That's um, uh, that's a, that's a common thing we talk about, but also you've been branching the training and you're also a bloody good celebrant. And so uh, I'll let you introduce yourself, Sarah. Thank you indeed. So my name is Sarah Aird. I'm based in Melbourne and my uh, celebrant website is Sarah Aird. That's A-I-R-D dot com dot A-U. I don't travel the globe. I find travelling exhausting. <laughs> And quite frankly, if I had to go fly somewhere and then get off the plane and do a ceremony, that would not be good. So I'm much better just hanging out in my local area and, uh, and sitting on the couch eating pizza after my ceremony. Much better. So that's my celebrant world. Uh, I do funerals as well as weddings. And this year I've really started getting into the training. Oh, I've been a celebrant since October 2013. My anniversary is in like two weeks, which is pretty exciting. Uh, So, yeah, the training is an area that I've been pushing into this year. I, I teach ongoing professional development here in Melbourne. And hopefully I will be teaching the Certificate 4 to newbie celebrants from next year. Uh, in terms of those skills, Josh, you missed a major one of yours, which is marketing. Okay, yep, there we go. You are, like, really good at knowing how to put out your message and how to tell your story and how to attract the couples who are going to work best with you. That's a massive skill of yours, and it's one that I know that not every celebrant has. I struggle a lot with marketing, Um my marketing strategy is to throw money at everything and see what sticks, which is not very strategic. So, yeah, you forgot that one. Uh, but, yes, all those techie nerdy things definitely are in your skill set as well. Um, my skill set, as Josh said, I know all of the things. It's pretty much it. Um, some of my celebrant colleagues call me the Oracle because the Oracle. I know all of the things. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, knowledge of the guidelines, the, the act, the regulations, and also interpretation of those is kind of my strong point. I'm more than willing to admit when I don't know something, and I don't think that knowing all of the things is actually about knowing them all off the top of my head. It's about knowing where to go to find the answer. And yeah, that's definitely. The, that, that's 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 the modern way of just operating. Is it's not about knowing all the details. It's knowing where to go, who to call, what department to call, how to make it happen. That's that's we got to do exactly. And I read a lot, so when a question comes up, I go, "Oh, I re- I've read something about that. I think it was in this document. I'll go and find it." 
Uh, and that that is, for me, a big strength, knowing where to find the answer. Uh, and also my other strength is in process and administration. My background is oh, in yeah, senior administration. Uh, so I've worked as everything from the filing clerk to the assistant to the director of a hospital. Yeah, um, no, I, I can't believe I forgot the admin thing. That's your, I know, right? That. So, yeah, senior administration, business processes, that's my other big strength uh, and, where, and, and something that a lot of people ask me about as well. So, yeah, very much looking forward to hanging out with you on these podcasts, Josh. I think it's going to be fun. And I do. Yeah, we've been talking about doing I encourage ages, people hey? not only if they have questions about what we've talked about, but if they have topics that they would like us to talk about to get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as far as getting in touch, I'm sure everyone's aware of all the different social medias you can get in touch with us with. Uh, but I'll, uh, I, I don't mind giving you my email. Uh, my email is josh at joshwithers.com.au um, so you email through to that and I am on info I-N-F-O at Sarah Aird S-A-R-A-H-A-I-R-D dot com dot au yeah so just email us in or um, social media whatever it might be and uh, we'll add it to the topic list and uh, I'm kind of hoping this could be uh, just a um, fun but also helpful uh, just resource just a bit of a talk show about celebrancy so it should be good Sarah thank you so much thank you very much it's been a pleasure <laughs>